podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey gang, quick question for you. Have you started playing daily fantasy yet? And if not, why not? Because if like me, you're already given up on the fantasy team that you drafted at the start of the season because it's doing so badly, then check out our brand new daily fantasy listener league, courtesy of DraftKings, because it could be the game for you. It's all very simple. You pick a brand new team every week based uh, on a salary cap. You enter that team into one or more of our show contests and you try and win all kinds of prizes. We've got merchandise, tickets and good old fashioned cash to give away. And more importantly than all of that, you can embarrass me, Propo, the Guru Sandrini and lots more of your show faves by showing us that you know a lot more than we do. So click the link in our show notes or hit us up on social media for a link. And that way you can join the show league. It's free to enter. And as well as the pay to play contests, there are going to be free to enter competitions all through the season. You have to be 18 plus, of course. And remember, begambleaware.org. You know, it's good to be back on FFS, I've got to say. Firstly, the guru James Sandrini, Dr. James Sandrini at the University of West Las Vegas. Good to see you. Nat Coombs, as I live and breathe, back on the show. Great to see you too. Hey, apologies for the last couple of weeks. As I think some of our listeners will know from uh, discussing this on other shows, a propo was talking about it on Edge Rush only yesterday. Uh, I'm pretty tied up with a World Cup project, which has meant that my time has been a little bit squeezed, but you guys have been holding the fort pretty tidily. I mean, you and Propo the last couple of weeks, you've been getting on like a house on fire. You heard we've renamed the show, right? You have? Mm, two? <laughs> uh, we have a few working titles, much in the same way as FFS, but um, yeah. I'll tell you off air. Okay, should I leave now and just let you get over there? Because Propo <laughs> in the house as well. Propo, you've been just easing yourself into the host chair pretty comfortably, I've noticed. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, when you've got such like a list of catchphrases that the original host has, it's quite <laughs> easy to reel those off mm. and get away with hosting, to be honest with you. It's quite an easy Fair. I feel like Kyler Murray with Propo as Patrick Peterson right now. Just stick <laughs> knife in. People, good to be back. I can smell the incense. I can hear the chime, chill music, the waves lapping on the shore. The guru is in session Fantasy football is his game, and we're going to get you set for another week of success, we hope, whichever version you play. Daily Fantasy, if you're involved with our contest and our league over on DraftKings, hit the link in the bio. If you want to get involved with that free-to-enter contest, pay-to-play contest, you name it, it's all there. If you are getting to the serious end of proceedings in your standard redraft fantasy league, you're in the right place. The Guru's got some tips for you if you're in contention. And, of course, if you are like the Guru in our dynasty league mm, rebooting for next season we're going to get into that as well because you have been in fire sale mode in that james for for a number of weeks now and i believe you have the if we look at the la rams in reality you've got in fantasy terms the diametric opposite in terms of stockpiling draft picks for the next couple of years right if you're not first you're last that's how you have to play <laughs> dynasty <laughs> that's how you play full stop fantasy you go all in all right so we're going to get you said in all of that. And of course, in doing so, and in talking about some of the key matchups, injuries, returns, we'll get you set as well. Whether you're not necessarily playing fantasy or not this weekend, what is going on in the NFL right now? That is how the show works. FFS, shout out to DraftKings, our, our supporters. We really appreciate that. Let's get down to business. I've got to lead off with Deshaun Watson. The week has come. He is back. We knew it was coming. 
I want to stay away from the politics, the morality. I think we've all set our piece on him and on the situation. Let's concentrate for this show on the football. What's the realistic level that Watson is going to be coming in and, and playing at? If you listen to the great Joe Montana, there's a thing or two about the quarterback position. He was asked this question this week and he said, look, obviously he's an incredible athlete, but it's a brand new club. It's a brand new playbook. He's been out of action. Even if he's kept himself in serious shape, there's nothing like getting on the field, dealing with all of those things that you've got to do as a quarterback, of course, but also just the physicality of a real game, real game at this stage of the season as well, when people are, are motoring and in their groove. So in fantasy terms, whatever you think about him as a person is to Sean Watson worth looking at this week or do you just hold your call your jets for a couple of weeks until he's back in rhythm we have to acknowledge that Jacoby Brissett has overperformed and he's made this passing game look pretty useful despite not having all the weapons that you would associate with a, a top tier offense there's probably two schools of thought with Deshaun or you know redacted quarterback or he should not be named or whatever we're going to call him on the show moving forward oh I quite one like that is... last one I think we should maybe do that last one <laughs> it's lengthy but it's worthwhile yeah. um it's Either you go down the path of exactly what you just said, hasn't played a, a competitive game in almost two years, looks terrible in the preseason, new club, new weapons, game speed, etc. Or you go the other way and say, well, he's had an entire season, essentially, to prepare for one game, knowing he was going to come back against the Texans, his former club that he'll know very well from his time there, and I'm sure contacts there, and is fresh going into this game. So against a terrible defense. So for me, I am more on the, the former side, the Montana side, let's say that's a safe place to play, uh, that yeah. we're not going to see peak to Sean uh, this season, and especially not his first uh, week coming back into the NFL. But if he was to put up a big week, I also don't think that you should take that as gospel as how that's going to translate to the rest of the season. Propo, odds on, not quite suggesting we're getting into Greg Williams' bounty gate type zone, but odds on, particularly because it's the Texans, there being a fair amount of motivation from that Houston front to to try and take him out of the game. Yeah, I think there is a significant chance. I think I don't think anyone really is taking him seriously in this league right now. And I mm. think that it's um the whole thing feels pretty uncomfortable to be completely honest with you. It should it should be worth it's worth mentioning I think that this is the second biggest grudge match of the week after Antonio Brown versus the Tampa Bay police. Yeah. <laughs> yes. What a pair of charmers they are, huh? <laughs> I mean, let's um let's get them on that whole Lev Bell, Adrian Peterson uh, ex exhibition boxing um and just let them fight for as many rounds as they want and we could all just turn out the lights and leave. Hey, Mario Addison. Mario Addison is my my bet for just just wheeling him in your one job doesn't matter what's actually happening the rest of the play just just take out Watson I can't, I'm gonna put money on it right now that Mario Addison is gonna take at least one big hit on the Sean Watson in that game all right so from a fantasy perspective and, and back to our focus buyer beware for the for the time being as incidentally What's the availability of Watson in, uh, I'm, and I'm guessing in dynasty leagues, whoever's got him has, has obviously kept him, right? Um, unless they have, you know, and I'm not going to go down this road, but unless they do have moral objections to having him in their team. I mean, if if you don't and you're okay with that, then from a practical perspective, you're going to keep him. What about in redraft leagues when he's been out for, for this long? It, it, was there a certain week that people thought, okay, he's coming back week 13, we'll pick him up now. If they held on to him and drafted him all season. How's that played out? 
he's a big enough name that most people went for him in the preseason and were happy to stick with him on their roster. He may have been available in some leagues. I do think you raise a good point in Dynasty, depending on, on your sort of moral flexibility mm. that many owners wouldn't have wanted to keep him, don't want to keep him. Um, you may get a bit of value on him. He's still, bear in mind, if we go back to his last full seasons, he was a top five fantasy quarterback and arguably real life quarterback. So the talent is there. We may not see it immediately, but uh, if we are able to move past his personal failings, then uh, there's there's a prime QB in his prime. I've noticed okay. in all the redraft leagues that I'm in that basically that player who's kind of on the periphery of making the playoffs, that player has been the one to pick up Deshaun Watson because they're the ones who, when it comes down to winning, moral Flex. That's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's all that matters. And then they get shamed in the group chat yes. for about five minutes and then yeah. forget about it. And, and then probably... they count their money. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah exactly. Well, yeah, or they're, hopefully they're losing the first round uh, and then more shame piling on. All right, let's talk about the Tampa Bay uh, running back situation, right? Fournette uh, and Rashad White. Rashad White played pretty much every snap, right? Uh, offensive snap uh, in the Cleveland game. Fournette... Is he expected back at all this weekend or is it going to be more of the same? Looks like he's coming back um, in some capacity, but this could easily change recording this Friday morning. I think right. whether he practices today, even in a limited capacity, will determine whether he does or doesn't start. If he doesn't, then Rashad White is a you know plug-and-play replacement. I don't think Rashad White has looked tremendous on a play-by-play basis, but the volume here is huge. And he's proven right. to be a pretty capable pass blocker, and that really gets you on the field. Uh, in Tampa, and that's also always where the likes of Kishon, uh Vaughan really struggled. So expect if there is no Fournette, expect White to play. If Fournette does play, expect a 50-50 split probably this week. Uh, and the Saints, of course, a reasonably decent spot there in that respect. Uh, okay. Interesting that when we're looking at this absolute wreck of a Packers season, there is, I guess, some light at the end of the tunnel for them. I mean, it would be just the most Packers thing based on this season that if they finish really, really strongly and end up kind of nine and eight and just miss out on the playoffs. Uh, but if they're going to do that, if they're going to put a run together, if they're going to run the table, Dobbs should be back, right? And back in town and with Watson. And, and since the they were last playing together, a lot has changed in terms of our perspective of these, of these rookie receivers. Watson was a bust, of course, was really the catalyst it feels for this haphazard season suddenly he can't stop scoring Dobbs looked the more rounded of the two before he went out so he's back now and I think generally the the health is a lot stronger across the board for the pack so talk us through their fantasy value for the final few I know I guess Aaron we've got to factor Aaron Rodgers in as well and whether he is is he likely to start Rodgers or do we still not know he said he's going to play. He had a limited practice on Thursday. Expect him to start. But it all starts with him, this conversation, where mm. he has said himself that if they wanted to shut him down at some point in the season, he wouldn't be opposed to it. That's pretty powerful, I think, for the QB to say that, particularly now he's got the thumb injury, the broken thumb. He's got the rib injury, obviously, that made him uh, force him to leave the game against the Eagles. So I think he starts this week, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see more Jordan Love towards the mm. end of the season. They have to find out what they have with Love. They obviously drafted him, what, Four years ago now, and we've hardly seen him on the field or not for an extended period. Rogers has this new three-year deal. They either have to trade Love. I mean, they've said themselves they're not going to have both QBs on the roster in 2024. Mm -hmm. So perhaps they could go next season, but they'd probably rather trade Love with some equity or trade Rogers, which is not out of the realms of possibility. It all yeah. starts there because if you want to get value out of 
realistically, Watson, Dubs, all of these weapons, if you want to get value out of them, then you really want Rodgers under centre this season. So mm. someone like Dubs, who was in two receiver sets, probably falls out now with Watson performing the way he is. But if this team goes into more of a rebuild mode, then you could see Dobbs and Watson being the pair on the outside and mm. potentially phasing Lazard into a big slot role or something like that, or Watson into a big slot role potentially, that, that opens things up. But really, if you don't have Rodgers, I'm not sure it's worth playing any of these guys. Okay, Randall Cobb's back and playing, isn't he? So just on if we go forwards, Rodgers doesn't play much more, Jordan Love does. What does that mean for Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon? I mean, this has been the head scratcher for a lot of Packers fans, a lot of all of us, frankly, for a lot of the season, why they haven't been given the rock more, why they haven't, why that some weeks they have and it's worked. And even within games, they've got it rolling and then they deviate from it. Is it likely that they're going to get more action, more looks if it is Love, not Rogers? I'm not sure they could do much more to get the running backs involved in the pass game because they've thrown so many passes either... Uh, behind the line of scrimmage or at the line of scrimmage this season to predominantly Jones. I think Jones is pretty well insulated in this mm. offense. He is the explosion that they they need and gives them so much versatility. You saw his touchdown in the back of the zone against the Eagles. Remarkable play for, uh, for a running back to be able to do that. Uh, so I think he's fine. I think Dylan, you know, if this offense can't move the ball effectively and doesn't get in and around the goal line, then mm. the current version of AJ Dylan, who's greatly disappointed this year, mm probably doesn't have a huge amount of upside, but he doesn't have a huge amount of upside today. I mean, Rogers is throwing for, you know, 250 yards a game and a couple of scores at best. So mm. it's not a huge downgrade. It's right. just that Rogers still has more upside than Love today. Love playing for the final few games of the season obviously puts him in the shot window as well. So it kind of makes sense that they'll do that if Rogers is cool with it. I mean, that hasn't exactly been a happy marriage this year. It, it makes sense they're going to be more likely to get value and deal him if he has this extended cameo, looks capable. They could theoretically deal him in the offseason if they want. I feel like it's the long-term play to know what you have there with Love, both for purposes, as you said, of potentially trading him, but also if you potentially trade Rodgers, which is not out of the realms of possibility. So uh, for me, yeah, I think that's the play. But uh, we're probably going to see it for a couple of weeks. Got a question for both of you, all right? Propo as well. You can trade Aaron Rodgers. What do you get on the market for Rodgers, do you think? If you trade him, you reckon you're obviously a couple of first-rounders, right? He's 39. With that contract. With that, yeah, what is he? 50 I mil? still think you get a couple of first round. Well, I okay, you get a first round. You don't get a first round, you maybe definitely you get a first, first round. 100, you're going to get a first rounder. No, I think you get a couple of seconds, something like that. Yeah. All right, okay, decent, draft maybe, maybe conditional that? picks that throw it into a first or something if he plays X amount of snaps or if they make the playoffs. Or do you, if you're the Packers and somebody comes in with a decent offer, right? Do you deal Rogers and roll with love and re up elsewhere? Or do you chalk up the season to an outlier? You got a better chance of winning the Super Bowl in the next two years by dealing Rodgers, taking the collateral, and indeed that was the money, as you point out, that it frees up as well, so you can strengthen elsewhere and roll the dice with with Jordan Love. Or do you stick with Rodgers? Me stick with Rodgers, no question, because he's proven it's very hard to find an elite QB in this league. He hasn't had a great season this year. He's, he's um. Completion percentage is four points lower than it was last season. But we've seen him fluctuate during his career before. Many people said his career was over, or at least in major decline, five, six years ago. And obviously, you know, he's come back and won two MVPs. So 
the line can return to form, I feel, with Bakhtiari, Elgerton Jenkins haven't had great seasons, but they could be much better in the future. They have other pieces. These receivers are coming through. They're going to draft almost certainly a receiver in the first couple of rounds again this season. I'd stick with Rodgers, but I can see the appeal of turning to love. If Rodgers, if you, if behind the scenes, you don't think Rodgers has it anymore, then mm. you get out while you can and you move on. Yeah, I think it's also based on how much faith they have in Matt LaFleur as a head coach, because it depends on what that relationship is at this moment in time, because I mean, from various different sources, it sounds like it's broken down. And if that relationship has broken down, then obviously that becomes a choice between the two of them. If you are going to stick with either Rogers or LaFleur, but I'm very much with James. I think you've got what another year under the belt for dubs, another year under the belt for Christian Watson, mm. and Aaron Rodgers. They've got an off season to build that chemistry as long as none of his receivers are lizard people, because as we found out <laughs> in lizard people, then I'm sure that their relationship will continue to develop and we'll see a return to the mean for Rogers next season. Is this the Deshaun Kaiser story? Did you yeah. see that? <laughs> Guru, did you see the story? Tell me about it. Unbelievable. So Deshaun, hey, I was just thankful to be uh, reminded of Deshaun Kaiser is a name I haven't thought about for a little while. Deshaun Kaiser, who... Uh, was a backup, obviously, in, in, in Green Bay for a little bit, kind of bounced around. Was, the, was he with the Browns draft him anyway? He was he started you know, with the Browns, yeah. Right. yeah. Uh, never quite played, worked out for him uh, in, the, in the pros, but very successful college quarterback, high round draft pick, ended uh, landed at the, the Packers, was a backup, and told a story this week in an interview that the first time he met Rodgers was when Rodgers came into the quarterback's room at the facility. And the first thing he said to him was, do you believe the 9-11 story? <laughs> the first thing Rogers said to him. I mean, and then it, so, proper. What was Kaiser suggesting that Rogers was seeing if he'd go and look into it and test his cognitive? He, yeah, that's basically what it was. It was basically a test of his critical thinking. I think mm. is ultimately what he was doing. And then also, I like the fact that I mean, Kaiser was completely bought into it. I mean, everyone the clip oh, was God. kind of made a joke out of but at the same time mm. kaiser kind of finishes it with and i i was prone to a good conspiracy theory at university i've, I've read into it the uh but i'm not necessarily as uh i don't think as gullible let's say to sean kaiser but i was like, i've never heard this lizard people one and i've actually gone off and looked into it and because and kaiser finished oh yeah do your research, like go and look at it, go and look it up, this lizard people one. And I did do my research. So you did, so this is this is the knock-on effect. This is, maybe this is Rogers' game plan, so now he's got Propo. Yeah, but I can't find it. any decent uh, proof for the fact that all of the American leaders are lizard people. <laughs> well, you say <laughs> defined proof. Um, there is. Have you read the? Have you read any John Ronson? Yes, I have, yeah. Yeah, John Ronson. If you're interested in out there, gang, at this um, this space <laughs> John Ronson is the guy to check out for critical discerning and often very funny uh uh writing on uh on it and that's that's incredible to show is he Kyle. is he in your top three lizard people authors is that John Ronson yeah well just to be clear John Ronson is not of the David Icke variety of everyone's a lizard person <laughs> John Ronson is a critical why does everyone think this crazy conspiracy theory? Oh, okay I don't I say crazy conspiracy theory I'm whoa, trying to be diplomatic whoa, in the future whoa, whoa. are you trying to offer a, are you trying to offer a fair balanced view on whether the US <laughs> leadership are lizard people yeah. is that where I, we're I just at? know that Deshaun is a fan of the show I don't want to upset him yeah no Ronson is um, Ronson takes down the absurdity of these lizard people fantasies and he's very funny doing it as well this doesn't uh, bode very well for Jacoby Brissett I feel in Cleveland if all backup QBs <laughs> just have to follow the, the starter oh boy right let's get down to the other key injuries I want to ask you about this is an important one for Propo 
Guru, because Propo, his Drew Locke of the week on Edge Rush is the Raiders. And they are going up against, as we established on Edge Rush, singularly the worst run defense for over 20 years in the NFL. Step up the charges. His Drew Locke is predicated on Josh Jacobs starting. Is he going to play? He's he's had a limited practice, which probably means he's going to be on the field. It's a calf injury, high chance of re-aggravation. So he starts, I think, and then if he stays healthy, he plays all the snaps because that's what we've seen throughout the course of the year. But mm. there's a chance he might leave this game. He's had 93 touches in the past three weeks. That's Derek Henry-esque volume. It wouldn't be a surprise if he started to have a few issues because we've seen historically with Jacobs that he's struggled to stay healthy. So the fact that he's still out there is uh, a little bit surprising. They have Zamir White in reserve if needed. But I would say that the Chargers have this run funnel D where whether it's White or Jacobs, the Raiders run game should be effective. Propos. Oh, you see, he saved you then in the end with the last thing because you were getting panicky then. I could, I could feel it. No, even if... Um... Even if Jacobs is out, I reckon Derek Carr might rush for like 200 yards. <laughs> Go, Derek. In Derek, we trust. Travis Etienne. I wanted to, when asking Travis Etienne, I wanted to get into the principle of waiver insurance. Guru, waiver insurance. So, because Travis Etienne, I think, is a good example of that right now. So, looking at if you're an Etienne owner and you're worried about it and you want to just cover your back, who's out there that might be a good pickup? Yeah, what most people don't know is that I'm a doctor of um, of insurance rather than anything ah, medical. I thought it was thugonomics. <laughs> <laughs> what is John Cena doing these days? Do we know? I don't know. We're hanging out with the Sean Kaiser, possibly. No, Cena wouldn't buy into all that nonsense. With waiver insurance, yeah, the University of West Las Vegas, doctor of insurance. Um, what are what are options at this stage? Slim. I mean, it depends on the size of your league, obviously, right? So 10, yeah. you're going to be able to pick up a, a lot more if you're in a 12 or God forbid, 14-team league, it's going to be slim pickings. If you're an Etienne or an owner of a running back that is uh, on the bubble this weekend, what are your best options? So in Jacksonville, it's Jermichael Hasty. They traded James Robinson. I think they're going to be really happy with how that's turned out so far. Hasty's come in and can do a bit of everything in the backfield. Uh, he can catch passes. He's not a overpowering runner. He's not incredibly quick, but he's capable. Snoop Connor, they seemingly don't like because they really have tried to veer away from him and almost every turn along the way. So if Etienne's out for any period, expect Hasty to come in. Broadly, you raise a good point, which is particularly at this point in the season, if you've got a player on your roster that probably isn't going to start down the stretch, you know, your fifth wide receiver, your uh, third QB, whatever it might be, drop them in favor of a handcuff running back uh, whoever the backup is now, even if they're not likely to start immediately, the value of that player could be enormous while any given week and uh, and win you your week and, and maybe win you a playoff game. Okay, other key injuries we should be keeping an eye on this weekend? Yeah, a few. I mean, Michael Carter isn't practicing. He's probably going to miss the game. Uh, we might see J-Rob come back. Zonovan Knight, Robert Salah said of Zonovan Knight, he was juicy as a runner getting mm. north and south. So... Uh, I guess whatever that's that means. That's, that's yeah, I think that's good. I think that's yeah, yeah. that's positive. Yeah. Um, Najee Harris isn't practicing, so we expect to see Jalen Warren, a bit of Betty Snell mixed in. Harris oh, this year is... Oh, I always see, like to see a bit of Betty Snell. A bit of Betty. Um, Harris this year player. only has 3.7 yards per carry. This offense has struggled to run the football, so Warren might be a pickup there. I think he's a sneaky play for this week. In San Francisco, CMC seems to be trending towards starting. Elijah Mitchell's picked up another knee injury his second of the season. He's out for the rest of the year, it seems. A bit of Jordan Mason, maybe. A bit of Tevin Cole potentially CMC's only had 29 touches over the last two weeks we thought he was going to get bell cow usage that hasn't Why? worked out do you think that is 
Still, I think I think because of a bit of knee, yeah. I mean, they're saying the, the dreaded knee soreness that seems to come up every other week. Um, yeah. I think the other thing there is that the Carl Shanahan galaxy brain uh, moment to moment, what's the best play? It, mm. it doesn't always veer in the same direction. And we see Kittle weeks, we see Debo weeks, and we see CMC weeks. And I don't think CMC is immune to that process. It's good. We talked about this on, on Edge Rush's game. It's going to be brilliant to watch. And they were my long shot pick, essentially, the, the Dolphins to straight up to, to win. So when I grimaced when you said CMC shit factor, that's why, <laughs> because I've got uh, any kind of agenda against CMC. Cannot wait for that game. Any others we should keep an eye on? Three receivers, uh, two have gone to IR. We don't need to talk much about them. Alan Robinson, out for the rest of the year, the, your leading receiver now in, in Los Angeles is Van Jefferson. Um, Darnell Mooney, the leading receiver is now Chase Claypool uh, or Equinemis, say Brown. Let's see. We're not sure if Fields is going to play either. So Chicago offense, particularly if Fields doesn't start, you, you really question. And then Mike Williams, who's not practicing. I think that means he misses this week, but he still has a shot to get back. Herbert, just to note, Justin Herbert hasn't had a 300-yard passing game since week four. This offense isn't what we thought it was going into the season. So even with Allen back in with Palmer and Carter, just measure your expectation unless they have a real smash week, which might be this week. But we haven't seen it from Herbert for a while. So it's a, a roll of the dice and then some. All right. Good week for good week for the guru last week. The show team, second in our paid contest, fourth in our free contest. What what landed? What was uh, what was the what were the big hits from the show team last week? Zay Jones was um, the the key to the success, pulling him out of thin air. Because if you could hit, if you could land on a, a statement, he never thought you'd be saying at the start of the yeah. season, right? Which you know what? I traded for Zay in a couple of leagues quite early on because he was getting the targets and maybe wasn't putting it all together. But Christian Kirk was well covered last week. He had a tough call about matchup, and that just opened up the field for. And I think if you can hit on one of these low priced receivers or backs, you know, it just changes the makeup of your lineup because even we had players like a DeAndre Hopkins who and a Keenan Allen who didn't smash but mm. did well and but they were supported by by a guy like Zay Jones. So yeah, good week overall. Uh gotta try and keep it up now. Well, indeed, the pressure's on. That's uh, some cash as well in the bank. There you are, real politic NFL, landing some dollar for our charity uh charity stash. That is good. Where of course uh, anything we win goes in there along with these, I think, significantly more lucrative. Uh, me dropping catchphrases every time I do, consciously or otherwise, five dollars in the bank there as well. So, propose totting that up. Now, the wonders of modern technology, listeners, will leave you thinking this is just a seamless pickup from me. In we carry on the section, right? Not so much. In the last couple of minutes, as I asked that question to Propo, Propo ended the Zoom chat <laughs> instead of clicking unmute, which means that we've had to reboot and start again. I don't know about you, Guru, but I can't work under these conditions. I think it's worth mentioning that this is now Saturday afternoon by the time we got this up and running. So we've lost a little bit of context, maybe. Where were we? What were we talking about? What oh, show is this? God, what was the question? I actually can't remember the question I asked you, Propo. What did I, I ask I can't you? remember the question. It was so, That was why it was such a bad question. I was just like, you know what? Oh, it was, oh it's my fault. <laughs> yeah. I see. I yeah, was, yeah. It, was it how did your teams do? We were talking about how our teams did for sure. Oh, no, that's right. That. I remember that. I asked Propo, I asked you, are you keeping tabs of all the money we're putting in the charity pot every time I say, let's get out of Dodge? There's another five. Uh, yes, I am. He's not. He's just going to stitch me up and hit me with some ridiculous. <laughs> that is the plan. That is the plan. As long as it doesn't come out of mine and Guru's wage. Yeah, yeah fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm on the hook for it. Um, 
So shout out to listeners who did well in our show contest last week. Uh, uh, DNWR was the winner of our free to play special heart pangs liking that uh second spot nabbing 20 bucks as well risk reward fpl real politic nfl we know that name the guru that's the uh, internet the guru's handle on twitter uh crawfish boy la as well uh so congratulations to all of you for uh for wins there what about the five dollar league last week you had a good one there as well guru with yeah the i want to i want to i want to mention something so dan 990 yeah. whoever you are um either we are twins for picking the same team or same team. you listen to the show pick the same team and we shared the money in second and you know what i don't mind either way just reach out if we are related i that is really interesting yeah yeah uh exactly the same team hence the same score heart pangs has definitely won that one so we've got some good guys going on uh good stuff going on i didn't fare quite as well in that one 37 is where my team landed uh who is your big miss, Nat? Who is your big miss? Darnell Mooney, zero. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Etienne you went as well. With, whoa, 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 back up, back up. You went with Darnell Mooney, knowing mm. that Justin Fields was going to miss the game. At that stage, was he definitely going to miss the game when I picked the team? Was he at... I think... Uh, well, you weren't, on, you weren't on the show. That's right. So that's right. Hard to tell. Hard to tell. Um, uh, Travis Etienne as well. Mm, yeah, injury yeah. injury struck you hard. Yeah, that was yeah, a bad break. Yeah, yeah bad breaks what are you gonna do what are what you about you do? ollie uh i have a confession to make oh here we go i <laughs> last week uh despite hosting the show and getting as much insight as i possibly could from the guru james sandrini last week was my first uh it was my bye week from your bye week you were on a bye week Thank God, because the competitions be so stiff when proposed. <laughs> giving us all, giving us all a chance. All right, we'll get too busy winning my Drew Locks. That sorry, uh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Touche, good sir. The um, we're back in the saddle this week. We'll put the show team out uh, on our social channels at the NC show, but of course we'll uh, outline it later on in the show. Uh, me and Propo as well. Are you going to do a team this week, Cole? You still, or is it a double by? I've just done it. I've just done oh, okay. it. I think that was probably why I ended up the end of the recording. <laughs> it's so exciting. <laughs> yeah, I'll do my job. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll push those out as well for, for what it's worth, but the guru, obviously the, the brains of the operation, if you hadn't worked that already, <laughs> by week 13. Uh, what's your approach for, for this week's uh, team then? What are you looking at? Have you got a theme? You usually have a theme. We've kind of, because the problem with the theme, right, is that you start trying to be a bit too creative and it limits your options, particularly as we went through the bye weeks. So all of a sudden we were restricting the amount of players we could pick to about eight, which um, which probably meant that some of our performances weren't quite so strong. So the theme now is be competitive. Win or go home. All right, well, we'll hear the show team in a minute. Before we get into that, though, looking at the broader fantasy church, uh, playoffs coming, right? So there's a lot of listeners out there that are going to be in contention in the mix and need that extra bit of edge to get them if you listen the to the show you're in the mix well right? fair well fair it's a fair point it's a fair comment so i want to ask you about the art of a good trade at this mm. stage of proceeding so what should the buyer be looking to generate to be giving up for that to be thinking about and equally if you're a selling kind of team and not in the mix uh how should you approach that what should you be thinking about? And I guess obviously there's a difference here if you're, you know, dynasty versus none. But just talk us through some of your key tips this stage of the season. So redraft is very specific, particularly at this point of the season, because there's so little 
time left. You know, your uh, trading deadline might be this week. The playoffs mm-hmm. are going to be starting for most leagues in week 15. So the starting point is to understand where someone else is at and what might make it viable for them. So in redraft, often the move is to either tear down from a superstar to get depth because you lack it or to package up a bunch of assets to go get that superstar because you need it. Um, Obviously, teams that are out of the playoffs have no real incentive to trade. They just won't. Most people kind of switch off a little bit at that point. So you're generally trading between contenders. And I think as ever with any trade or uh, conversation in this regard, you want to just see what's in it for your opponent. In redraft, obviously, sorry, in dynasty, it's different because Mm -hmm. draft picks, because teams playing for the following season, teams worried about almost having too many points because it might harm their ability to pick up the best young talent. So that's a bit different. I think the biggest move to make or the biggest uh, tip is don't try and win the trade, try and win your league. So too often, I think particularly in Dynasty, people are so worried about what everyone else is going to say when they see the trade come up on, you know, Sleeper or uh, whatever platform you're on, uh, rather than thinking, does this player give me a better chance at winning? Some of the players we're going to talk about today have great schedules over the course Mm. of the remainder of the season. And, And that's also a really good point to start is what are my core players going to be able to do during those weeks? If you're up, if you're running back against Tennessee, I don't care who it is. They're probably not going to have a great week. You need someone who's going to fill that gap. Mm -hmm. Okay. So with that in mind, you've picked four players that we should be keeping an eye on, maybe making a play for depending on your needs and depending on availability and the deal you can get done. So take us through. Yeah. One player from each position. Um, We haven't picked guys like Jalen Warren or Jameson Williams, you know, young players who could perform, but would be super risky to pick up. I also have tried not to pick Garrett Wilson because I seem to talk about him every week. Um, I've also gone for players that should be somewhat affordable in that their recent performances haven't been electric and therefore there's a bit of a buying window. So these are not cheap players. You're going to have to package something up. If you're in Dynasty, this is going to include some big picks but you're trying to win the championship. So much in the same way as as Rams led Les Snead would say, yeah, there's a there's a certain way to approach this. Um, our QB is Lamar. So he's QB 16 over the past four weeks. He's only got seven passing touchdowns and one rushing touchdown in his last eight games. This is the buying window. It closes after this week, I think. He's averaging 10 plus rushing attempts per game. Andrews is back and healthy. Edwards is back. Dobbins is coming off IR. I think that all helps him. And his fantasy playoff schedule... The Browns, the Falcons, the Steelers. Mm. So he's not going to be cheap. You're going to have to package up something serious to go get him. But he's a player who I think could win you your league because we know with Lamar, the upside is enormous. Okay. Just on this point of if people have checked out because they're not in contention of a playoffs, they're probably not going to deal or they're going to try and fleece you if they're, well, all the flip side, right? They're just going to do stupid deals. There's nothing more maddening than that when somebody in your league is given up. So just offsets players and and the commission typically will step in there i guess if 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 nonsense like that happens but the flip side i guess is if you are dealing with contenders why would they give up you know in the same way you wouldn't in real nfl often deal a player to a divisional rival or, or a conference rival what makes you think that somebody's gonna give you lamar if they're still in the playoff hunt because they'll need a run, running back or a receiver or a tight end. You you look for, I would always start a trade process by looking for a weakness on another team where I mm-hmm. have a strength. So I have depth, let's say, at running back. I can trade two running backs that maybe solves their problem of uh, talent plus depth for a position that they may be willing to give up if they tear down. So it's rare you're going to get a QB without giving back a QB. But let's say you have a good QB at this point, someone who looks like they're going to be viable for the rest of the season, like a, I don't know, Jimmy G. 
but you throw in a top tier running back that might solve their problem like a Dalvin Cook, that might start a conversation about Lamar. So right, it, okay. look, these these situations aren't always going to work. And I think, you know, I've, uh, like anyone else who's listening to this podcast, you listen to other podcasts, they talk about all sorts of trades that are never going to happen. These trades aren't easy to make. But the, the, the issue that I think happens more often than not is people are so worried about getting value Mm. that they forget that the whole point is to win the championship. And as we've seen with teams in the NFL, sometimes you have to overpay. Uh, what do you mean other podcasts? There's one, I think. <laughs> okay. I, okay. <laughs> I wonder what Les Snead's doing right now, by the way. That Because you were talking about Les Snead. I wonder, I mean, just looking at that Rams, I mean, he is, do you think he's broken out the Malibu every morning? Do you think Les Snead's Malibu time in Snead's, Snead's office? Ollie, you've been out with Les recently, haven't you? Yeah, I have, but he's actually not talking to me because we we actually usually have like a beer over a Zoom call and I accidentally ended it. The- <laughs> <laughs> Les, Les! Only Les. <laughs> caught up with the Super Bowl, didn't he? <laughs> Who else is on your list, uh, Guru, in uh, players that we should be looking to make deals for? So running back, again, not cheap, Derek Henry. But last three weeks, 53 yards, 87 yards, 38 yards. That's 2.8, 3.1, and 2.2 yards per carry. You could make a case... That this is, you know, that yeah, exactly. D, um, King Henry had the injury last season. He's come back. Maybe he's uh, broken down a bit earlier. He's now 28 years old. This Tennessee offense is nowhere near as effective as it has been with, uh, you know, a standout wide receiver on the outside. So perhaps this is not Derek Henry's time. However, I'm going to err on the side of uh, history here, where if we look back at the penultimate three weeks, those playoff weeks in previous seasons before we had the 17th game. He was averaging 142 rushing yards a game and 1.5 touchdowns per game. We've seen him improve and become more efficient, more explosive as seasons have gone on historically. His three playoff teams, fantasy playoff teams, the Chargers, we just spoke about how you want to go up against them if you're a running back, the Texans, who you want to play if you're a running back, Mm. and the Cowboys, who are uh, surprisingly bottom nine in Mm. um, rushing yards allowed this season because you can't pass on them. So it Mm. seems to be the way to go. So, Again, bit risk reward here with Henry, particularly if you're in dynasty. You know that you you don't know how much more you're going to get from him, but he's a player who could win you the league. Okay, uh, speaking of standout wide receivers, Debo is who you've gone for in that spot. Yeah, again, not cheap, but I think affordable at this point because we've seen him be phased out of this offense to some degree with CMC coming in. He's wide receiver 37 over the past four weeks. Again, that creates a buy window. Only 12 receptions over his last three games in and out of the run game, but CMC's not 100. percent There's no Elijah Mitchell. He has been involved in the run game. Expect to see that tick up without Mitchell in the backfield. I don't think they trust Mason or Coleman or whoever else they have on the the roster. Samuel has also been struggling with a hamstring injury. He's been playing through it, but you expect that to improve as the season goes along. And his three games during the fantasy playoffs, Seahawks, Commanders, not so straightforward perhaps, but then the Raiders. I would think those are all defenses you can exploit. But the key point here is I think you get a, a I think you get more rushes out of Samuel as they move forward. Plus, bear in mind they've they've won their last four or five, I think, San Francisco. But going into the back end of the season when they're playing for playoffs and also potentially trying to get a bye, I think they put everything in to those games, which perhaps they haven't had to do in all of their recent wins. Okay, and tight end, you've gone, you're on the Mike White bandwagon then with this pick. Yeah, perhaps the the only one of these that may not have been a, a more obvious selection, Tyler Conklin. So start the season on fire with Joe Flacco on the centre, where they'll throw the ball 58 times a game. <laughs> He's... I don't even think that's an exaggeration. I was trying no, to I probably I, I, should have exaggerated I, I, that. I don't think it is. Joe yeah, Flacco! He's, 
tight end 35 over the past four weeks. He's only got six catches over the last three games. It's not that we've seen him break out yet, but Mike White's under center. He's the king of the dump off and the easy throw. And that's what tight ends tend to give you, particularly as they've had issues at the running back position. We don't know who's going to be there. And running backs and tight ends tend to offset each other in terms of opportunity. Um, He's getting the snap share. You know, we haven't seen a lot of Azoma during the course of this season. And his three playoff games are Lions, Jags, Seahawks, all amongst the nine most friendly, most tight end friendly defenses. So a bit off the radar. You can probably get him pretty cheap. Uh, He could be someone that just steps up at the key point during the season for you. All right. Uh, Good insight as ever from the guru. And speaking of which, we'll wrap with our show team. The Schultz bump, incidentally, on our show team this week is clearly a dig at me with what happened with my Drew Lock of the Week. We talked about it at length on Edge Rush. All I'm going to say is you've gone for David and Joku just purely to spite me, right? I've updated that team. Oh, okay. Mm. So because you realized that it would be crossing a line, right? Yeah, we've got another Schultz bump. Who is the tight end? But we had to make a last-minute change, which I will get to shortly. Exciting. Mm. The (laughs) the suspense is palpable. All right, take us through the team. So we start with Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Jacksonville go to Detroit. Uh, Jacksonville have performed well over the last three weeks because of T-Law, right? 77% completions over his last three, six touchdowns, no interceptions. Detroit is 32nd in the league against QBs. This could be a shootout. That's what Vegas seems to think. So like Trevor Lawrence there at the QB position at only 5,900. Love that. I actually picked him uh, and I hadn't conferred or uh, looked at your team. So I went with I went with Trevor Lawrence as well. Um, well, clearly you hadn't looked at the team because you mentioned the wrong tight end. <laughs> yeah. Uh, running back. Running back is Nick Chubb, 8,000. So expensive, but he goes up against Houston, who are 32nd against RBs. He's the RB5 in PPR this season, 5.2 yards per carry, 12 touchdowns on the season. I'm not expecting Deshaun to throw too extensively in this game. I don't think he needs to. I think we've mentioned that they're going to want to keep him... they're going to respect the fact that he's still learning this offense. So this might even be a step down from what we've seen from Brissett in game one. And Nick Chubb's the beneficiary for me. Um, and his running back, uh, running his what? What am I trying to say? His, uh, <laughs> his, his mate on the backfield. There you go. Yeah. His tag is, team partner. Um, that's the one. Yeah. Is Isaiah Pacheco. 5,700. He doesn't catch passes. Have you got him as well? Yeah, I've got him as well. Yeah. Come on. See, so he doesn't catch passes. All this time. Yeah. He doesn't catch passes. He's relied on scoring touchdowns, but no CEH. Uh, I don't think he's going to lose too many snaps to Rojo, etc. Whoever comes out of that backfield, they just signed Melvin Gordon and Nat Coombs' favourite. Mm-hmm. 53 carries over the past three weeks. Uh, they are up against Cincy. You would expect both teams to need to score points uh, along the way. So Pacheco 5,700, a bit risk reward, but uh, a bit more reward hopefully this week. Yeah. Okay. Now I've gambled a bit with my receivers haven't spent big on them because I've gone big on my tight end, which is Travis Kelsey, uh, because we talked about the red zone prowess of this Chiefs offense on our previous show with the great Christian Scott and Williams with CSW in the house. That's in the vault. Go check that out. Uh, it is oh, what a weekend of, of games. And it's hard to say which one I'm looking forward to more Miami or, or 49ers or Kansas City Cincy. But I think Kelsey uh, will fill his boots in that game because we do expect to shoot out there. So the gamble I've gone for receiver-wise is, well, you tell me, Traylon Burks, who is listed as questionable at the moment as well, which is maybe what his particular gamble, but I'll keep an eye on that. And Tyler Lockett. Uh, well, I actually say Lockett, 6K, and then Garrett Wilson is the third. So that's my receiving three. Um, boom or bust, I guess. Yeah, I like it. I think Burks, it's just so difficult with the Tennessee offense to know week to week how many targets Burks is going to get 
but Wilson is also in my team. And um, Lockett is a fantasy darling, obviously, during the course of this year. And actually, Gino in that game should have a field day. Okay, so you've got... Uh, you've got... Sorry, who did you say was in your team? Wilson. you got Wilson. Who are so the Garrett, two receivers you got? Yeah, Garrett's the flex. Garrett Wilson, my boy. Mike White plus Garrett Wilson equals fantasy goodness. Uh, Minnesota's cornerbacks uh, aren't elite. They're 26th against wide receivers. Also, they have an offense, and you know we we like the idea. Of, it's a it's a good situation when you've got a wide receiver in a team that probably needs to score points to keep up. Um, our three other wide receivers are Amon Ross and Brown. He's wide receiver five over the past four weeks, but he's only got one touchdown during that period. He's a bit of negative regression candidate for touchdowns. Uh, the key here for, in this game for me is that Jacksonville are thirtieth in sacks in the league. We know Goff struggles under pressure. Mm. Without that pressure, Goff's a sneaky good play this week at QB if you want to tear down and, and take someone a bit cheaper. There. Um, I think Amon Ross has a field day again. We're not seeing a huge amount of DeAndre Swift at the moment. Hawkinson's been traded. Jamison Williams isn't in this lineup yet. So 7,100, Amon Ra a must play for me. Christian Kirk, we started Zay Jones last week. The cornerback matchup is not as intimidating this week. Kirk is wide receiver 10 in PPR over the course of the season. Even though he didn't have a great week last week, he's had 37 targets over the past four weeks. We've got T-Law in as our QB. So here's our stack. And Detroit, 30th against wide receivers. I mean, they were bad defense. We know that. And then Deontay Johnson. And Deontay Johnson is going to let me down, I can almost guarantee. And I probably should have picked George Pickens. But I just can't envision the player with the eighth most targets in the league having zero touchdowns for too much longer. Atlanta struggle against wide receiver. Pickett was good in his last game. He's only been sacked five times in his last two. Come on, Deontay, put it together. This worries me because my defense is the Falcons. And Propo is going to tell everyone that the reason... <laughs> <laughs> it's about because I hate Kenny Pickett and I've got an agenda against Kenny, but there you go. That's uh, that's going to play out interestingly. And so you've mentioned your flex. So who's your tight end? And and obviously your D as well. And my, so the, the tight end is the short bump and that's Hayden Hurst. Mm. So yeah, try to get cheap into this game, Cincy versus KC with Pacheco and Hurst. I don't think it's going to be a 60-point affair. I think it'll, it'll sit somewhere in the 40s, but I think Hurst could have a game. Chase is coming back, but he's not going to be 100%. Higgins has broken out recently, but will be covered, you would imagine. You know? um, we haven't seen a lot of Tyler Boyd. I think this opens the opportunity. And the reason we're picking him, really, is I'm going to use uh, verbatim from Justin Reed, the um, uh, secondary player from, from the Chiefs. I'm going to lock him down. You know what I mean. Straight up. Hayden Hurst, his response. That's definitely the first guy who's going to attempt to cover me that said about me or to me, or I guess anything, whoever he thought he was talking about. So for me, that's one of the best responses. Yeah. It's like, I don't know who you are. I'm not even sure he's talking about me, but whatever he said, I don't care. (laughs) I just thought, I thought, well, yeah, he's, he's in, he's, uh, he's, he's owned in. Already, already Hall of Famer, just for that. Was was that Twitter's spat? I think that was live. That was, uh, he was interviewed. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, also, by all accounts, Justin Rude confused Hayden Hurst with someone else. Yeah, that's right. He, he did, didn't he? Yeah, he did. yeah, 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 that's right. Justin this Reed. is the revenge game no one asked for, but I'm, I'm here for it. Justin, um, Justin teammates are just watching like, oh my God, stop, stop talking. The D Packers at 3,000. Subject to change, I'd say, depends on Fields. Fields did log a practice, so there's a chance he plays, but I just don't see why they'd risk him, considering mm. where they're at in the season and his injury. Trevor Simeon is likely to be out. So then we're in Nathan Peterman territory who threatened to play last week. Peterman's back. Oh, There's no Darnell lesson. Mooney. Lesson. Some Brown's been struggling. I'm not sure Claypool is worth a second and it's not a wide receiver one in this league. So I'm not worried. If field starts, I might pivot from Packers. But Packers at 3K right now, I think against the Eagles, we saw some signs of life from them defensively that uh, could carry over. 
Uh, brilliant stuff from the guru. More from him on Twitter at RealPoliticsNFL. More from him in the vault. There is a lot of wisdom sitting in that vault. So go check out our past FFSs. They will still have a lot of relevancy, a lot of traction, and indeed all of our vault for that matter as well. There's a lot of good stuff over the season. So keep on checking that out. Uh, I mentioned Edge Rush. That is locked in. We had CSW with a preview show. Ben Isaacs all the way back on Monday. And I am Mike is back this Monday, back from the US, back in the game, back on the show. Best of luck to all of you who are chancing your hand at Daily Fantasy this weekend. Go get involved with our league. And like I said at the top of the show, free to enter leagues as well. So you don't have to spend any money. You can just roll the dice, have a bit of fun with it. If you are spending cash and uh, and uh, gambling on that front, well, gamble responsibly. Uh, 18 plus, of course, be gambleware.org. You know the drill. Do everything in moderation and enjoy. All right. Brilliant stuff. Guru, look up yourself. Propo, saluting you. Take care, guys. We'll see you on Monday. Bye for now. Podcast Network.